Welcome back to the In My Bag podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend. We're going to pick our winners of each event, and we're going to have a little fun and jump into some other news. All that and more on this episode, which is presented by a new sponsor, TickSplits.com. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want and BAM! It's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TickFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TickFlix. That's TickFlix.com. T-I-X-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the In My Bag podcast presented by TickSplits.com. Remember to go on TickSplits.com and use the promo code PULSE when buying your tickets. It's again your host for the In My Bag podcast, Alex here, and as always joined by Kenny Ray. Kenny, what's going on? What up? You know how it is getting the grind in, even though it's valentine's day still got to be hard working getting after it hey the game needs love too and that's why we're here so without further ado let's jump into what's going on on the pod today we are talking all-star weekend and so we're going to jump in and talk about each of the events going on this weekend um and we're going to pick some winners of the events and maybe give a little explanation as to why so We'll try to go in order of how they are going to be played, I guess. So we're going to start with the Rising Stars Challenge, which might be my favorite event of this weekend. Kenny, Team US versus Team World, who you got and why? Mm, That's a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with Team US. I think they just have the better overall team. Um, I think it will be a nice competitive game. Uh, very, very high likelihood to be probably the second most entertaining display over the course of All-Star Weekend. I just feel like Team U.S. has more depth, more firepower, and a little more star power than what Team World is working with, even with Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic. You know, I think you still have just too much to handle with Team U.S. between Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma, Kevin Knox, uh, John Collins, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, all who have been playing great basketball the last one to two seasons. 
I just think they got a little bit more to offer. Uh, I think the top end and bottom end just do a little bit better. You know, I don't think Seti Oseman, Josh Okogie, even though he stepped up big time in that Houston game, you know, I don't think guys like that are quite ready for that level just yet. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's very gonna it's gonna be very close, I think. But Team US, I think, just has a slight little bit more firepower. I mean, they got like you said, they got Kyle Kuzma, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, and then you got Lonzo. Well, you would have had Lonzo Ball if he was healthy, and you got Kevin Knox in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'm gonna call it US, but I wouldn't be surprised if Team World uh, pulled it out because Luca and Ben, and DeAndre Ayton. I think that trio could really push them over the top. Uh, With that being said, one of my choices for this is going to come out of this game. We're going to take a quick pause in between talking about all-star events to bring you one of our favorite segments, overrated and underrated. I'm going to lead off with this one. I'm going to start with underrated this go-around. And my underrated for this segment is going to be Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I think if Team World gets the W, could turn out to be the MVP of the game. Not because he's the biggest name on the marquee, but, you know, his shooting and just general scoring ability from the two with guys like Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic who have no problem rotating the ball and uh, inside presence from guys like Laurie Market and DeAndre Ayton. I think it'll open it up a lot for him to be able to knock down some spot-up threes off of good motion and movement. And I think he has a chance to put a lot of points on the board. Do you want to go ahead and do your overrated, or you want to save that? Uh, I'm going to save that. What do you have for underrated, Alex? My underrated will probably be in the next segment, in the celebrity game. The WNBA presence within the the celebrity game will be underrated. I think the women that they have chosen this year are going to be some ballers and make a solid impact. So let's go ahead and go into it. So the celebrity game, they got a home and away team. A lot of the home team are people from the general North Carolina, southeastern area. And I'm going to go ahead and pick the home team to win this because they have a squad. They got... They they have like now the away team has Quavo last year's MVP and James Shaw Jr. And uh, Ray National, Allen. yeah, and Ray Allen. But I wanted to give a little bit of highlights to James Shaw Jr., uh, native of Nashville, Tennessee, hero of the Waffle House um, terrorist attack. We'll we'll go ahead and say that they just don't have enough to to stand up to the home team. I mean, the home team has famous Los Ugh. Steve Smith. Who is my, um, I'm going to go ahead and book it right now. He's going to be the MVP of the celebrity game. Take it home for the home team. Oh, yeah. He's going to be balling. He's going to be like, he's going to be for real balling. He's going to be balling, balling. Oh, yeah. He's been overlooked for the game like the last three seasons. Oh, yeah. He should have been in, he should have been in three years ago. So, and he just had a baby. So he's going to put on for his son. It's going to be, it's going to be a good game. And they got Jay Williams. That's also, don't sleep on that. Don't, don't. And I want to touch a little bit on what you said, the uh, added aspect that we've seen the last couple of years of including WNBA stars. Uh, we've seen it a few times, particularly when they're in cities that have a association to a particular WNBA teams. Uh, we often overlook 
their addition to the game and keeping it from being, you know, a ridiculous shot chucking fest from a couple of celebrities to still having some degree of, you know, organized, competitive, at least semi-serious basketball to it. And I think with that having those guys, plus Ray Allen, Jay Williams, famous Los, um, you know, I think it helps add that aspect of having some level of seriousness and competitive to it, competitiveness to it, and not just being, you know, one big joking display. All right, quick off the top of your head, who's going to be the worst player out of this? These two teams, mm, Ronnie Two K. I'm going to go Doctor Oz. You know what? I'm not <laughs> mad about that one. I didn't even see his name on the list. I just feel like Ronnie 2K is all sticks, no court. I mean, some uh, I, I'm going to give it to Dr. Oz. I feel like he's going to be real awkward with it. I don't know. He might have that old game, man. You know that I'm going to pick my spot right here at the elbow and knock down a couple glass shots on you. Everybody gets caught by that old man game. Yeah, the old man game is slightly undefeated until you start running. That's true. Um honorable mention for possible worst player on the court who I don't think anybody will expect Luke Cage might be the worst player on the court you know sometimes you get those guys that are all show and uh no show when it comes to it I think he's a he's a lot of a lot of mass but little appeal you know all right first off Kenny I'm gonna need you to put some respect on this man's name and actually use his name Mike Coulter who plays Luke Cage he is Luke Cage Mike Coulter, who the actor who plays Luke Cage in the Netflix original TV show. So put some respect on his name. Now, if this was like a celebrity football game, you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against him. But we're talking hoops here, and I'm not going to lie. He doesn't look like a hooper to me. That's true. He's got that, you know, big upper body frame that looks like it's going to be hard to move around. When your chest is that wide, it's hard to hit somebody with a crossover. All right, let's move on to the skills challenge. Who you got in that? Mm, skills challenge. I like Luca, but you know me, I'm rooting a thousand and one hundred and ten percent. Go ahead and throw a one on the end. One thousand one hundred and eleven percent. I'm rooting for Mike Conley to win the skills competition. But I'm looking at Luka Doncic and De'Aaron Fox as my two possible winners. De'Aaron Fox probably has the best speed out of this entire group, but Luka Doncic's ability to just, you know, control, have the accuracy on the passes, and be able to knock down the shots, which is a big part of that skill challenge that often gets overlooked, not just dribbling through a course. Uh, I see a lot of potential for Luka to take it away. That's a good point. Um, I have two answers. My head says Trey Young because I think he has the right amount of skills for each of the challenges within the skills challenge. But my heart goes out to Kyle Kuzma, the kid from Flint, Michigan, also the Los Angeles Laker. I hope he brings it home and dispels all of these rumors that he's he's shook by these uh, trade rumors. Well, I... Like the Trey Young pick, I will say I don't understand completely why Kyle Kuzma is in the NBA Skills Challenge. I'm not well, gonna he'll lie. show. He's going to show you then on uh, Friday. He'll show you why he's in, or is that Saturday? It's Saturday. Yep. 
that's Saturday. All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to the three-point contest. I'm going to go ahead and pick first. And another one I have a head and heart pick. My head says Devin Booker. My heart says Dirk Nowitzki because they're just going to let him win. Let's 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 be real here. Um, there are only three possible answers to who's going to win this three-point shooting contest, uh, and those answers are Wardell, Stephen, and Curry, in that order. And everybody else, right. you know, just. But he's he's struck out. He, this is his what third three-point contest or and fourth? He, this is his third. I believe he's one four three. Did he win? Uh he, he I, has I thought... one. I believe Clay has one. And um I don't remember who won the third year that they competed that he didn't win. Sorry, I'm I'm doing some half hearted research right now. That's all right. I ain't afraid to, I ain't afraid to get fact checked. Cause I am certain Oh, he did win in fourteen. Okay, yeah. I was I was almost certain he had never won one. But okay, so that changes my answer. Then yeah, I'm picking Steph uh, with my head and Dirk with my heart. And there's one particular stat that was presented to me recently uh, in light that made me pick this. Honestly, I was leaning at first more towards uh, Buddy Hield. To be honest with you, I think that's my dark horse in this one because he can fill it up tremendously and probably has maybe the second least known name on this list um right behind probably joe harris the casual fan probably couldn't identify joe harris from a lineup i'll say but i saw today that uh you know the last you know the last five years clay thompson has been number one or two in points scored without dribbling from uh, set shots. For the last five years, he's been number one. This year, he's number two. Any guess who he's number two behind? Stephen Curry. Yes. I feel like he's just peeling it on a whole nother level this year. It's not as noticeable because he's not doing it at the same rate because he has to share the ball with more guys now. But I think he's got that touch again like he had in that one historic year where he was unanimous MVP. And I think he's going to carry Very true. the three-point contest. Great point. All right, let's move on to the slam dunk contest. And who you got in that? I got some breaking news here for you. Uh, Kenny's overrated pick today in the podcast is this year's slam dunk contest. This is going to be one of those bad ones, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. This group of guys coming in, while they are a number of ferocious in-game dumper dunkers, there are really only two guys in this group that I see dunking that have that NBA slam dunk contest level of creativity that you really look for, and that's Dennis Smith Jr. and Hamadou Diallo. I think Diallo has very impressive in-game dunks that have a lot of flair and some creativity. And it'll be interesting to see if he can make that translate into the slam dunk contest and not let the stage be too big for him. On the other hand, we have Dennis Smith Jr., who, between his size, creativity, uh, 
ridiculous vertical leap. I think he's a shoe-in and a popular lead to be the winner of the slam dunk contest this Saturday, and I wouldn't bet against it because the field doesn't look that good to me. I'd be very surprised if this was an impressive dunk contest. I agree 100% with you, and I'm going to add the reason why I think Dennis Smith is going to win is because he hasn't been playing, and that's given him more time to work on his dunks. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, now let's move on to the main event, the actual all-star game. Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Who you got? Is this are we are we really even doing this? This is Team LeBron all the way. Yeah. From the first quarter yeah, to the Giannis Giannis got got fleeced on on the draft. He was not a good drafter at all. He might- I wish it would have been last year when it was LeBron and Steph. That would have been a great draft and great theater to watch. But Giannis was just basically he conceded the whole thing to LeBron off rip. Uh, like he's probably a worse executive right now than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has been on the upswing lately, but that is also true. I think he was too worried about figuring out if LeBron was tampering with AD than working on his draft board and actually constructing a good team oh big time so yeah we're that's probably going to be like a 190 to 146 blowout with ease with ease yeah so that is our quick all-star weekend preview uh let us know if you agree disagree with some of the points that we made on our twitter account at in my bag pod and we're going to take a quick break And we will be back with some more news. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research and podcastinsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college educated, but most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. I'll say it one more time, marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com, and we hope to hear from you soon. And we're back. Again, welcome back to the In My Bag podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network, presented by TickSplits.com. Remember to go to TickSplits.com and use the promo code PULSE when making a purchase. So we just got done talking about the All-Star Weekend. Um, Let's go back in our bag for a little bit more NBA news. And one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, Kenny, was the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm going to go on a little spiel right now because I needed to make some clarifications because I wrote an article about the OKC Thunder 
and how they were on a really good start at the beginning of the season towards the middle of the season. And I thought it wasn't going to last. I said they were all right, but they weren't real. I thought Russell Westbrook was going to hold them down. Eventually, I thought the ball should be in PG-13's hands more. And I was right about some things, and but wrong about a lot. The OKC Thunder are still killing it. The other night, Russell Westbrook and Paul George both dropped triple doubles in a big win. And it looks like they might be the second best team in the conference. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Thunder and how they're doing. So I can start that off by saying anybody who's listened to any of our podcasts, uh, past or present, uh, even listening probably well into the future, know that we definitely have differing opinions on Russell Wilson's impact with that OKC Thunder team. Um, you mean Russell Westbrook? Yeah, Russell Westbrook. Um, well, I mean, the way he's passing, you might as well call him Russell Wilson, right? I mean the number of times the number of assists he's getting in some of these games and some of these triple doubles aren't NBA passing numbers they're more like NFL passing numbers passing the ball you know 20 plus times a couple of times over it's absolutely ridiculous and I know you've always found him really inefficient and his game too erratic and his triple doubles forced but I think he's just going out there and playing the game as naturally as he possibly can and sometimes that's, you know, him taking it off the glass and pushing it full speed down the court and finding the open guy or finishing with his own dunk. Um, a big part of what I said made them as a team so inefficient last year was trying to force a role for Carmelo Anthony into that team. And I just told you I thought that took away efficient touches from Paul George or Russell Westbrook because they would try to defer to Anthony to allow him to be able to get into some type of groove and the chemistry just didn't work out. I told people often I thought that team would be much better without Carmelo because it allows the focus to be through Westbrook and George first and then you allow Steven Adams to be the release valve who's a much more efficient release valve than a Carmelo Anthony because he's going to take much more intelligent shots and he's also a better passer. And I think it's also allowing his team to flow and flourish defensively as well, because now instead of Carmelo Anthony trying to defend somebody, you have a much more athletic, younger wing picking up those defensive assignments. And it's just all starting to come to fruition for this team. What could have been and what a lot of people felt like should have been last year now that they've made adjustments to become essentially more efficient, you know, and I won't call them. I won't say that they are the second coming of them, but this pairing of Paul George and Russell Westbrook with that seemingly unstoppable nature as a duo gives me very, very eerie Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen prime feels in that they do it defensively and offensively. And it's from both of those guys every night. Yeah, all those are great points. Um, another thing that I just thought of that I'm, I was wrong about was the I kind of gave away the MVP a little too soon. If uh, if anyone remembers our midseason baggies, I gave the MVP to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the most improved player to Paul George. And now it's looking like Paul George is snatching that MVP right out of Giannis's hands. 
And this might be the year that someone wins most improved and MVP at the wait, same time. Wait, wait. I'd be okay with that. Wait, 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 wait. Did, did, I, did I miss something? Milwaukee still got the best record in the NBA right now, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure of the records right now, uh, I, to be honest. I'd be willing to bet, you know, 30 seconds worth of airtime that they do. Feel free to check, fact check me while I'm checking this out. But uh, according to my understanding, Milwaukee is still tops in the NBA. Uh, the best player on the best team in the league is still Giannis Antetokounmpo, if I do believe, you know, if I'm, if I'm reiterating correctly i don't think chris Miller all right kenny kenny i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you right there because right. we gotta stop this narrative of the best player on the best team winning wait, mvp wait, wait. that is not you what the finish. mvp should be the mvp should be the alex. most valuable player you didn't let me finish alex i wouldn't just all right. end that he's the best player on the best team but he's not just the best player on the best team he's the best player on the best team who's having an incredible statistic year, and he's also one of the most dominant forces in the league. Like, you can't – there's only so much that you can realistically take away from that. I could see if they were telling me, like, oh, well, yeah, the Atlanta Hawks are the best team in the league, but it's really a five-man team, and everybody kind of contributes, and everybody's stat – nobody's stats really, you know, upstage anybody else's. Like, Giannis is far and away. One, one of the top five arguably players in the league. A lot of people are saying he's possibly stepping into his own to argue himself into a place for one of the top three guys in the league because of his ability to not just put up the numbers but also win basketball games. And you can't combine all three of those and not tell me that that is the MVP. You know, he doesn't have a Russell Westbrook playing beside him, averaging a triple-double. As much as I love what Paul George is doing, you get a little bit of relief and ability to put up those shots and get those one-on-one assignments when the dude next to you is Russell Westbrook and not Chris Middleton or Malcolm Brogdon. Like, (laughs) ain't no Russell Westbrook playing in Milwaukee, Alex. That's all I'm saying. That's all fair. And I didn't say that Paul George is the MVP outright right now. I'm saying he might be trying to snatch it away from him. If the okay, if the Thunder make it to the second seed in the Western Conference, and Paul George is far and away the best player on the Thunder, I think you got to give it to him. This might be one of those Steve Nash versus Kobe years where and that's the issue. He can't be far and away the best guy when the dude next to you is the first player ever to average triple doubles in multiple seasons. There's literally an all-time great, historic, probably most likely Hall of Flame, Hall of Fame player right next to him. Like that's 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 where I draw the line and keep Paul George from being the MVP. It's one thing to do it and have great ancillary supporting players. Hold on, hold like, on. What, I have an argument for you. Go ahead. Uh, when when Michael Jordan was winning MVPs, he had Scottie Pippen next to him. All right. And Scottie Pippen was... Scottie Pippen in, was not a... His, I won't say he wasn't... He was... Scottie Pippen is no Russell Westbrook. I'll put it there, and I'll put it right there. I mean, they're they're different players, but they're on the same... Echelon, they are in the same breath. 
No. I would never consider or give Scottie Pippen the role or title of a superstar player. At his peak, he is an all-time great all-star level player. Scottie Pippen's never been a superstar. Russell Westbrook is a superstar. And I mean, like, where do I put it? Outside of the man has three or will in as long as nothing terrible happens this season, God willing. Russell Westbrook will average three straight seasons with triple doubles. Like that's I don't not impressive know, to me. I don't. At what? That's, I'm sorry, it's not impressive to me. Like it's it's a great feat, and it's never been done. But that's like saying someone dunked twenty times in a game. Like okay, great. Next. Like let's let's go to the next thing. Like he, the triple double is commonplace now. It's not like, by far. If it was that commonplace, you would have more than one player within. Uh, I'm not even gonna guess, but within decades time span, average it over a season. You have other guys in the league who are much older than him that are still playing i.e. a LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, guys like that who have made careers out of being guys who can regularly get you a triple-double that are still behind him in all-time triple-double stats because it's not commonplace. Does it happen a little bit more often because you have more guys with greater athleticism and broader skill sets that can do it? Yes, but it doesn't make it more commonplace. That means you have more players that are more capable of doing it, but it's still really hard to do because you have to be able to do three things really well. Rebound the ball, assist the ball, and score the ball. And it's not like he's given us 10, 11-point triple-doubles. We're talking about 20-plus point triple-doubles, Alex. And he's given us 20-plus assist triple-doubles. And we're talking about 10, 11, 12, 13 rebound-level triple-doubles. We're not talking about... All right, Kenny, 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 you can bang your head against the wall about this all you want. I said what I said, I meant what I meant, and we can move on. Oh my goodness, Alex. All right, let's move on to something that's that's equally frustrating. The Los Angeles Lakers. They lost to the Atlanta Hawks the other night in an embarrassing display of athleticism. They are now under 500 at the All-Star break. So, Kenny, share your thoughts about the Lakers. And I also have a question for you. Is Luke Walton's job in jeopardy? I mean, Luke Walton's job will be in jeopardy until he shows that he can put together the scheme and fit of players to consistently challenge for an NBA championship. Uh, He's passed the first test which is show some level of improvement with the team, which is just the smallest hump to get over, just the first speed bump, you know, by no means means he's secured himself in any way whatsoever. But, you know, there are things that have little to do with his coaching that have affected the results of this Lakers team this season, like Rajon Rondo, who's been a key foothold for them at the point, uh, point guard position, being out for 30-plus games. Uh, LeBron James, the best player on the team, best player in the world, being out for 18 games. 
uh, missing another key part of your rotation and another key foothold in that point guard position that has been a huge defender for you on the perimeter in Lonzo Ball being gone for a long stretch of time. You had Kyle Kuzma out with injury for a stretch of time. You had Rajon Rondo and Brandon Ingram at the beginning of the season gone for several games due to suspension. You know, there are pockets where you lose key contributors to your team, and there's only so much you can do to maintain positive vibes and winning culture when you do that much personnel losing. And it just shows in that before all these major losses, you know, through uh, December, I believe, in December, they were the fourth team. They were at the four spot in the West. So you still have the rest of February after All-Star break um, and March to try to get it together and get some more momentum going once you've got all or most of those players back in. You know, you've got LeBron back and healthy. You've got Rondo back and healthy. You've got Kuzma, who's picked up a lot of confidence uh, while having those guys out and having to be the main guy. Lonzo will be back soon enough and back in the lineup. JaVale is back from his time out that I didn't mention, who was a stalwart at their center position. And I think this back half of the season, we'll see an upswing um, and some more positive play and them getting back into being competitive in the West. I feel like I can see them climbing back as high as maybe that sixth spot with a little luck. More likely uh, probably hunting that seventh spot, though. Yeah. Um, his real jeopardy will come this offseason. So I want to first touch on the Lakers. That Yes, they have been disappointing. Yes, they are destroyed by injury so i think that should be taken with a grain of salt um they're they have a six percent chance to make the playoffs right now and i would put all the money i had on them doing it because lebron isn't going to miss the playoffs the lakers being so close to being able to make the playoffs aren't going to miss the playoffs so you can book that i think they might even climb up as high as the five seed i i feel once Lonzo gets back, who has been rated the best guard defender in the league by some metrics. And that that impact cannot be replicated by anyone else. So I think once he gets back and back in the lineup, they will um, make a strong run. Now, as far as Luke Walton's job is concerned, that is my overrated, his hot seat. People need to calm down. They, this is a media spin this is people trying to hate on the Lakers. Yes, I am that Lakers fan that thinks people are hating on us because it's true. People are trying to create conflict to hold down the, the team. I don't think the majority of teams want to see any kind of success from the Lakers because that means that all that money is going to be flowing to them. All the, all the free agents are want to play with them. In the end, I think it'll all work out. So I think everyone needs to calm down in regards to Luke Walton, the hot seat that he is, quote unquote, on, and the Lakers, because they have the injuries that they have sustained are unique. I don't recall many teams that are have the, the potential to be this good as the Lakers have so many injuries. And that seems to happen a lot with them um, ever since Gary Vitti retired as the trainer for that franchise 
But uh, moving forward, we'll see what happens. I hope the best for them because that is my team. So we'll we'll see what what's goes on what happens with that. Let's move on to some some of the waiver wire news in the NBA. So Ennis Cantor got cut after being traded, and now he is he has found a home in Portland with the Trailblazers. I think this is a very impactful signing. So Kenny, tell me what you think about Ennis Cantor going to the Trailblazers. Well, I really like this signing. Uh, He was one of those guys where once he was cut, uh, he was one of the big ones I was talking about looking at because this guy is not some um, role player that you just kind of throw in to pick up every now and again. He is a legitimate starting quality big man, whether you want to play him at the four or the five. He has the length, the size, the inside offensive game. He is a solid rebounder, and I think that gives Portland an added edge on the inside that they didn't have before. I think, you know, Yusuf Nurkic is a really good a really good tool on the inside, but there's a reason that Denver let him go to Portland in the first place. They saw an upgrade in Jokic, and I think that the Trailblazers possibly see either an upgrade or someone they can partner with him on the inside in Cantor to basically be able to have a dominating pair both on the outside in C.A. McCollum and Damian Lillard and on the inside in Enos Cantor and Nurkic. And I think it gives them an added level of depth that they're really looking forward to to try to have some postseason success. Yeah, I think this really completes out their roster. I always thought that the Trailblazers were missing just something, and Cancer might be what they were missing. Um, And this might actually keep Lillard and McCollum together, because I've been saying over the last couple years that they should cut bait with that tandem and start something new. But adding Cancer might be what they needed to mesh it all together and have some success. So... I'm excited to see how that will turn out in the playoffs, if that actually makes an impact or not. So that's all we have for the NBA news. Let's transition to one of the things coming across the news in the NFL, and that is the elite quarterback, Joe Flacco, Mm. being traded. (laughs) And I I use elite very loosely. Elite is used very loosely, Kenny, um, because that's the joke is – now i don't know i mean he won a super bowl he's he he had he's had some decent seasons i don't know if you call him elite that's the question that may never be answered but joe flacco has been traded to the broncos it's the deal hasn't gone through yet because the league new the new year of the league hasn't started but what do you think about flacco going to denver Honestly, I don't really get the move. Um, I don't know that I see him as much of an improvement unless you want to talk about maybe bringing him in as somebody that can mentor a young quarterback about, you know, the ways to go about the game at the second level. You know, I think that's the biggest difference maker for a lot of these quarterbacks in the NFL, especially the younger ones, 
it's the level of difference between playing in the regular season versus playing in the postseason where it gets taken to a different level. He has a number of playoff experience. You said it. he is an uh, NFL Super Bowl champion, won one with those Baltimore Ravens. So maybe they just feel like he has a better wealth of knowledge to pass on to a quarterback than what they had in Case Keenum. Um, but that's really about the most I can get out of them making this trade because besides that, I think Joe Flacco is well beyond his years and the Broncos right now are not the team and don't have the personnel to necessarily uh, reinvigorate or reinject life into the career of Joe Flacco. Um, I think this is a move that shows that they're probably going to draft a quarterback and try to sit him for a year and be able to add some more pieces to that team in next year's draft as well to give them a chance to get a real good shot going forward. And um, I think Elway is just kind of also hedging his bets on screwing up drafting another quarterback. Yeah, I agree that Flacco is most likely a bridge because he's not going to be playing much longer. So why not bring him in, especially if you give up a mid-round pick for him? I mean, he knows how to play the game. He is a starter. He's worthy of being a starter in the league. So why not take a chance, use him for a year, maybe not even a whole year if you get a really good quarterback that you know is ready, and and roll the dice and see what happens. I um I like I like the move per se because it just adds someone who can fulfill the job, not great, but can actually do the job. And so that you don't have those question marks moving forward at quarterback. So you can focus in other areas of your team that need improvement. So I like it. Um, Let's move on to the other football league that premiered last week in the AAF. I watched a couple games. I know Kenny, you watched a couple games. So I'm going to go ahead and share my thoughts. I thought it was some, some good football I mean, I can definitely tell that it's not at the quality of play that the NFL can offer, but it was still entertaining. It was kind of like it was if I felt it was a little bit better than college as far as the execution wise and the play calling. Um, It was exciting because it was new, obviously. So I need a couple more weeks to let the new wear off and then really dive in and take a look at how the game is played. I love the, the I love how the rules uh, have affected the game. Um, the first night there was a, a replay and I didn't know this, but they actually showed live video of the replay official making the decision on the play. And what was really great was she had, it was, it was a touchdown call, a catch for a touchdown. She was like, all right, this is definitely not a catch. And and she was very certain about that. But then she, was, she started looking at the video a little bit more. And you could see it change in her mind. And eventually she overturned herself. And I thought that type of transparency was really cool. And I'm excited to see that moving forward. So what do you um, think, Kenny? Yes, I didn't get a chance to watch a couple. I definitely tried to get the most I could out of the uh, Memphis game. I want to be able to support my Memphis Express as much as I can. I saw them play a big stinker against the uh, Birmingham iron i did get a chance as i could to check on some of the scores and stats as they went throughout the course of the weekend 
kind of agree, Alex. It sits right now on a level that's moderately between NFL and college football. Of course, it's not going to have the same level of draw as either because there is the lack of attachment that you would get out of having leagues and organizations that have been around for that long and created that level of brotherhood amongst fan bases. But um, I think them deciding to unofficially partner with the NFL will be a big help in keeping them around a little bit longer than maybe some other uh, non-NFL leagues. There were some impressive performances, particularly from Orlando and Arizona. Uh, Some of the other performances were probably decent at best, which is about what I was expecting, you know, from guys that were good enough to play football on a high college level, but not necessarily quite good enough to make it to the NFL. Um, And it'll be interesting. There were some worthy performances to talk about, particularly a couple of winning quarterbacks in Arizona and Orlando, a young man named Garrett Gilbert, who I hadn't heard of before, who I didn't have many yards. He went for 227, but racked up uh, two passing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown on top of that, which I thought was a very impressive performance. And a young man, John Wolford, out of Arizona, who went for 275 yards with four touchdowns. I think performances like those are going to be big to look at because those are the guys who I think are going to be really, really pressing their cases to possibly get some NFL jobs in the future, maybe as backups or uh, practice squad signings and have a chance to put their foot in the door. Um, Notable names that showed out this weekend, Trent Richardson, that uh, put a little bit of a hurting on my Memphis Express to the tune of two touchdowns, definitely came in and showed up. and. I think there are some things to look for and some things to look away from. And it'll be interesting to see as the season develops how those performances carry on for the course of an entire season. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with all those statements. And that is all we have as far as news for sports-wise. We do have news for the podcast. Uh, The podcast now has an official Instagram. Same handle as the Twitter handle, at MIBagPod on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on both accounts. We are going to be doing some merch giveaways from time to time. So make sure you follow the accounts, like or retweet or comment, wherever, whatever the requirements are to win that free merch. We want to get this merch in your home. Um, and if you miss out on the giveaways, definitely... T- check out pulsepodcastnetwork.com slash shop. Look at our merch and the merch from all of the other podcasts in the network. We got some great stuff going on there. And you can get 10% off right now using the promo code PPN launch. That won't be going much longer. So go ahead and buy that merch. Use 10 use the 10% off code PPN launch at checkout and Get that dope merch. We might be dropping a little bit more next week on Merch Monday, so stay tuned for that. Kenny, any parting words? Uh, yes, parting words. Enjoy All-Star Weekend. Um, shout out to myself for my birthday coming up Saturday. All-Star Weekend is always my present. Um, thank you, NBA. 
Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram at In My Bag Pod on both. We try to bring the heat as much as we can off air, as much as we do on air. And, you know, just one more time, thank you for all the listeners, followers, listening, retweeting, uh, reposting on Instagram, sharing with all your friends. Feel free to interact with us on those. We'd like to interact back and have you, you know, being part of the pod as well. Yeah, I totally agree with everything Kenny said. And one more note, remember to go to ticksplits.com, the newest and our official ticket provider. Remember to use the code PULSE at checkout. Definitely check that website out. There's some great events that you can get some sweet deals for if you go on ticksblitz.com. So that's it for the In My Bag podcast, a part of the Pulse Podcast Network. We will catch you guys next time. Enjoy All-Star Break. And as always, take care. Love you guys. And more tune for your head top. So watch how you speak on my name, you know?